One of your hostesses, Emily. And I am Erica. Uh, should I change my name to Emma Glee? Emma Glee? No. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> no, that would be fantastic. Then people would always know us apart because I'd be the one with the stupid name. <laughs> we should consider that. Um, can you look into the legal uh, jargon of what I'll I have see. to do? What, to legally change your name? Yeah, yeah, because right. I have a feeling there's a lot of paperwork. and I Probably. I get, I spill things on it spill like nacho sauce on paperwork and that would be messy yeah i'll process the paperwork for you thank you i appreciate that so we're gonna talk a little bit about episode three what was the name of this episode home home in case you couldn't guess the name of the episode because they say it about 95 times in the episode about home and home and home but before we do that, what are we going to do? We're going to do our feedback. Feedback! We like to do the feedback first because it kind of leads into... Into the episode. It's a nice bridge, if you will, a bridge over troubled waters that aren't troubled because I don't want our waters to be troubled. Um, so since I think I have three emails in my hand, you have you two. Start. That means I win, so I will go first. <clears throat> Our first email is from Ashley. Ashley over at buriedinabookcrypt.blogspot.com. Um, her first, and I believe this is a joke in her title, was um, the title of the email. Was it titled Home? I completely forgot. <laughs> right. We all did because, again, they said the title in the episode about 110 times. Ashley writes, first things first, there's something that's been bugging me since the last time we visited the Thin Kurt non-saga of unrequited affection. I initially thought it not a good it not a good look for the lone gay male character to persistently go on manipulating circumstances to get close to another male character standing firm in his heterosexuality. I can't help but think of all the crap loaded on to be gay and Hunter looking to turn people out for their benefit always comes to mind. But then I began to think in terms of all the 90210s and Melrose Place replicas of dramatic storytelling where straight characters do the same, if not more. I suppose things sometimes can and do get a tad more complicated when you're dealing with a part of someone's identity not fully embraced by the world at large. And her next point, which brings me to Mercedes. She's always striked me as one of the most complex characters on the program. Part confidence, part vulnerability, and she's got more going for her than most teenagers in her seemingly limited position of a black female with a little meat on her bones. Her admittance to wanting to fit in and the difficulties of not being the mirror image of, say, Quinn, was executed beautifully. Not that I care for Beautiful by Christina Aguilera very much. I'm an old schooler when it comes to music. There were tons of other great songs Mercedes would have banged out better. Of course, now I can't think of those songs, and I'm usually so good at that. Sure you are, Ashley. Sure you are. Prove it next time. Ah, back to Ashley. But I guess it goes back to the show really being on the line of generational. What Quinn did was mighty solid. True. 
New Directions needs its drama and will never be the Partridge family, but I'm glad everybody's getting a chance to add dimension and empathy to their characters. The scene with Quinn and Mercedes was no different. Sue, again, takes the gold for best one-liners. Why don't, why don't you two have a show on Bravo? Classic. These are the things that stood out for me this week. Overall, not a bad episode. Certainly not a great one either. Love the cast with a K. Keep it real, gals. Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Now, let's uh, talk a little bit about her first point about sort of uh, having Kurt as this obviously gay character pursuing a very, very heterosexual, heterosexual, heterosexual <laughs> male, uh, Finn. Now, what are your thoughts on that, Erica? Um, I think she brings up a great point because... Yeah, it's kind of awkward to have him sort of manipulating situations. Obviously, we'll talk more about, you know, his manipulation of his his and Finn's mom to, you know, try and share a room with Finn. But um yeah, if you if you think about those other shows, straight straight people do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So why why shouldn't he do it? I mean, yeah, I think he's going to have more heartbreak in the end, but that's but it's a, a great point. Try. Yeah, because you do have that like the whole thing about homophobia is always that, oh, you're scared, not that there are gay people, but that there are gay people that are going to look at you and make you wonder about yourself. And, yeah, it's it's a line to border, and it could definitely turn into that. But I, I agree. I think, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if the world knows this, but on Friday night, uh, Erica and I watched um, two of the worst films I've seen in a really <laughs> long time, Twilight and New Moon. I... I I needed to watch them so that I was able to say things like this about them, about them being so terrible. But, I mean, it's the same thing. You have a character, a female character, who is, you know, throwing herself off of a, uh, a cliff to, to get that, that male back to her or, you know, because there's nothing else to live for. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. You take any – ooh, I'm sorry. I just Flung body slammed my cat <laughs> to the ground. He's he's a cat. He's supposed to land on four <laughs> feet. On it's him. not my fault that he's he right. has balance issues. Um, but but yeah, that is kind of just a trope of I think high school and drama is that whole manipulating circumstances. Yeah, to try uh, and get what yeah. you want. Yeah, her next point about Mercedes. I I I, I think we should talk about Mercedes later because okay. I feel like we're both going to have a lot of to say mm-hmm. about Mercedes and. It's all going to play into our recap and everything. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. But I, I mean, I mostly basically agree with everything that Ashley had to say, for sure. Ashley is right. Ashley for president. Yes. Or vice president, because Sue Sylvester is going to be president. Of course. Okay, so moving on. Erica, you have an email in front of you. I do. Woo! My email is from Chris, and it reads, Hello, ladies. Here are my theories about Sue Sylvester. 90% of what she says is untrue. For instance, she claims she taught cheerleading to a young Sarah Palin. Palin, first of all, was in band. She played the flute. And second, so she, played, she played on the sports teams, not the cheer squad for them. As for her age, in quotes, Sarah Palin started her first year of college in 1982. So Sue either could not have taught her to cheer or she's not 29. Most likely both. Two quotes that contradict her stories or actions. Um, the first one is, that was the most offensive thing I have seen in 20 years of teaching, and that includes an elementary school production of hair. <laughs> I loved that line so much. No way she could have started teaching at nine years old. Um, and the second quote he has is, I'll often yell at homeless people, hey, how is that homelessness working out for you? <laughs> Try not being homeless for once. As we've seen with her sister and Becky, she does have a heart. I think she was severely damaged by her high school sweetheart, and that's what broke her and hardened her heart. 
Maybe she was part of the Glee Club. Maybe he, maybe he was part of the Glee Club. Maybe he had hair like Will's. Regardless, when Sue lost her virginity, it was really romantic with candles and flowers after a wonderful dinner and show. It took her a long time for her to accept that she had, uh, that she had the right to enjoy herself, seeing as she had to take care of her sister when her famous Nazi hunter parents died. Um... Bolero was playing on the 8-track, and two days later, he <laughs> broke up with her. Or it was at a meatloaf concert in the back of a 79 Camaro with REO Speedwagon playing. I was not all that impressed with this week's show. The songs didn't really catch with me, but that one line that Quinn had, re- had redeemed it for me. I really like when a character says something that you wouldn't expect. In this episode, it was when she talked about why she can eat well for the baby, but not herself. And one more thing. I think the reason Will pushes Rachel so hard is because of his relationship with April and how she wasted her talent looking for the bottom of a bottle. He wants Rachel to succeed, and pushing her hard is the best way to prepare her for the real world. Broadway doesn't do handouts. That's it. Talk to you next week, Chris, from Are You Serious Podcast and Outside the Cinema. All right. Thank you, Chris. That's a a very well-researched email. Um, Lots of very specific points about about dates and such. Um, The first one, the Will-Rachel point. Now, what do you think about that? I think I think that's true, and I'm actually I'm kind of glad he pointed that out because I it's something I hadn't thought about before. Mm -hmm. But it's very true that you know he sees April and and as we saw this episode and the episode at the beginning of the season that he's he's always trying to help her and give her advice and she just doesn't take it and that that has to be super frustrating for him and um i think that could definitely be a reason why he um why he pushes Rachel the way he does okay i mean my my first combat to that would be i he didn't really know Rachel was uh down in the dumps until about halfway through last season uh, and he seemed to not like Rachel before then. But, no, I, I agree. I, I'm I'm hard but on their relationship. But, yeah, I think he's, he's hard on her because nobody else will be. Yeah, and he's... To give him I the mean, benefit of the doubt. I mean, he saw her... Yeah, she signed her name to, for the Glee sign-up sheet with a gold star. Like, you, I mean, you get that impression of who she is right away. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think that's an easy read. Plus, he's been a teacher in the school. It's not... It's not it's not unlikely that he's never experienced her before at Glee true. Club. So he, he very well could have known prior to She was joining. in the diversity club, I believe, mm-hmm. and he does teach Spanish. So, so you know, that's true. That's true. Um, now the, uh, oh, the, Sue the, the Sue stuff. Now, first of all, the middle school production of... Oh, no, I'm sorry. The elementary, elementary school production school. of Hair. Uh, that doesn't necessarily say anything because Hair was, was uh, what, 1969 or so? Um other, there could have been a production in like 2005. Yes, but his, that wasn't his point. His oh. point was that she says in 20 years of teaching, and that includes a high school production, no! an elementary school production of hair. That's so she hasn't been teaching funny. since she was nine, if she's 29. That. Well, I mean, she probably had to tutor her sister. No. I don't know. The same. The same. Um, the Sarah Palin quotes, which remain one of my favorite uh, of last week or the week before. I can't remember. I think it was the week before. Um... It was Sarah Palin, maybe Sarah Palin started cheerleading, couldn't cut it, and then joined the band. But still, if Sarah Palin started cheering, her first year of college was in 1982, and Sue would have been born in what? Maybe Sarah 81. Palin <laughs> decided, okay, no, maybe Sarah Palin tried cheerleading, and then that didn't work out, so she became governor. Maybe Sarah Palin started cheerleading. Like you know how people go to college when they're like in their forties. But Sarah she, Palin went back to cheerleading school in her forties. I'm just saying, I really want Sue to be 29. She's I just not do. 29. I just do. She's I want her to be 29. Get over it. Fine. Build a bridge. Okay. 
Okay. Are we uh any more points about with uh so Chris are you serious dot podcast dot com? No. I think, are you serious podcast? I think we touched them we touched chris no. unless you had something else to say about about sue because uh no except that i i want to believe plain and simple i like i like that i like his second story that it was a meatloaf concert in the back of a <laughs> with REO i mean that's how most of us i mean i mean next email is from martin i don't think it's martin lawrence although that would be great if it was martin, martin says hi there Geekasters. Please don't sing. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I got a request to sing. Okay, <clears throat> Martin. Hi there, Geekasters. This is Tangerine Dream Nine from Twitter. Congratulations on your first podcast. Like Loki, aka Christian. I'm not a big follower of Glee or any other TV shows for that matter, but your enthusiasm is infectious, and perhaps I'll try an episode out. All the best, Martin. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. I hope you tried it out. I hope by infectious you mean like. Like infectious laughter as opposed to infectious chlamydia? Yeah, we, we, we don't want to give you diseases. No, because uh, health insurance, I, I don't know. The, that's the paperwork thing again. And I already have Erica trying to change my name. Yeah, I, I could get we messy. don't need more paperwork. No. All right, next email. My next email is from Lisa. Lisa! Where she once again gives us her, uh, her thoughts on the episode. Um, so she says, this episode... Uh, fabulously heart-wrenching episode. Chris Colfer broke my heart throughout the whole thing. From his ulterior motive matchmaking to his heart-to-heart with his dad, no emotion ever felt forced or over the top, which was a nice contrast to the exuberance Kurt normally shows in his life. Um, Michael Malley is quickly reaching Ed O'Neill's status for me in terms of always delivering a solid performance in anything he does. I enjoyed that he was on my TV twice last night, first in Glee, then in Parenthood. He was on Parenthood. I had forgotten that he was on Parenthood because he guest starred uh, the same night and he was reading poetry. And I'm like, that's, I was excited because I totally didn't realize it was Kurt Stout again. Yeah, it was Bert Hummel <laughs> um, reading poetry about Lauren Graham's vagina. <laughs> but thinly veiled because it was, you know, ABC. Right. Um, has Brittany ever uttered anything less than brilliant? Her lines are always a guaranteed high point of each show. Um, her next point. I know I'll be complete. I'll be. I know I'll completely be in the minority here, but the episode needed more Rachel. <laughs> and this is this is my favorite part of her email. It's actually in parentheses, but it says ducks <laughs> ducks the angry logs of wood being thrown at her, and then in quotes. Ozzy, no, 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 he's the fruit. I don't know what that's from. It's from, it's from the Osbournes, which we watched religiously our freshman year of college, and it's the episode where they're having problems with their neighbor, Pat Boone. So they throw wood at and Pat Boone? Ozzy starts throwing wood into the neighboring yard, and then, yeah, Sharon runs out, and she's yelling at him with her little accent, and she's like, no, no, he's the fruit, Ozzy, throw the fruit. So throw the fruit at Pat Boone? I yeah. want to throw that fruit at Pat, Pat Boone. <laughs> Um, and then Lisa says, she is not a second banana, and it was painful to see her regulated to a background player. Sad emoticon. emoticon. Um, and then she also says, in in response about the podcast, not about the show, um, in response to Emily's challenge to name a TV show that gives you 3D multi-layered characters in the first six episodes, one word, Firefly. Boom. Roasted. Ow, I'm on fire. <laughs> Uh, fingers crossed that Emily singing her own interpretation of lyrics becomes a weekly feature. See, I told you. And then her answer People to like our uh, our feedback question about Sue's virginity, she said, tough one. I'll guess she lost it to the drummer from Frankie Goes to Hollywood in the bathroom at, at Dorcia while, with a, while a Muzak playing 
well, I can talk. Well, a Muzak version of Duran Duran's Rio played. Nice, nice. I, I can, like it. I can see it. I can see it. I like it a lot. You like it. Um, yeah. The yeah. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. That was wonderful. Um, agree and disagree with some of the points, which we'll delve into. We'll more delve. Later. We're gonna delve all the way into it. I'm holding my nose as I delve because I can't go underwater without holding my nose. It's a problem. I'm working on it. Our last email, a.k.a. the dirty email, comes via Christian. And Christian um, did Twitter us a warning. He was very nervous to answer our question of the week because he was worried. Apparently, um, as we find out from this email, Christian watches a lot of porn. I I love the (laughs) irony of his name being Christian and him watching a lot of porn. We can tell from this email. And I guess he was excited... um, but but nervous that he didn't want to offend us. Erica is blushing right now. She's easily <laughs> offended. She's not looking. And um, I'm actually going to put on my um, noise canceling headphones. Mm-hmm. She's she's putting on a nun's habit right now too. Yeah, I'm going to go pray in the corner. Wow, that thing like that, that's a great nun's habit. It's one of those things that like you can just put in your purse and then yeah, you take it, it out. Like, you pull it a string. Pops open. It's like a pop tent. Yeah. But then is it really hard to get back into the small size? No, you, you just have to learn how to fold it. Ah, that's impressive. I can't fold things. I don't fold. Christian, <clears throat> here's what he has to say. I feel like I should have like some Barry White playing as I say this. <laughs> we'll see what we can do in post. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the editing <laughs> process, if you will. So I figured I would do some research about Sue before writing this. Thanks to Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, because we trust that place. I know she had a relationship going on with some news guy. That bit of information threw my original idea of Sue being a bull dyke right out the window. But that doesn't mean she hasn't been a lesbian. Perhaps she was once a lug. Lesbian until graduation. I never heard that term. Well, now maybe Christian made it up. Smarter. Maybe. But Christian, I am sure, he says, she lost her virginity to a girl. Not yet a woman. I added mm-hmm. that part. As I warned you both on Twitter, this is damn near slash fiction. Hell, it is slash fiction, but I think this is what would have happened. So I think Sue was 16 when she lost her virginity. It would have happened one day after cheerleading practice. Sue would have been walking home from practice when her coach pulls up next to her in her old beat-up Ford truck. The coach would offer Sue a ride. Sue, reluctant at first, gets in the truck, and they start the long drive home. The vibrations from the truck would be turning Sue on. Sue starts to clutch at her crotch with her right hand and rubs her neck and chest with her left. The coach notices this and smirks. She takes one hand off the wheel and places it on Sue's leg. Sue looks over at the coach, letting out a slight gasp. The coach slides her hand up Sue's leg and then into Sue's shorts. There, she starts fingering Sue. They drive past Sue's house and go to the coach's house, where they have a very long session of lesbian lovemaking. I know that ending was abrupt, but my story idea was getting out of control. (laughs) And by out of control, I mean I could have written about two pages worth of stuff. At first, I just wanted to say Sue got finger blasted by her cheerleading coach, but that is the story I came up with instead. I'm sure that with a little work, I could start churning out monthly romance novels. (laughs) Also, I just looked this up, and Jane Lynch is a lesbian. That must be where I got the lesbian vibe from Sue. Christian. Well, Erica, um, you, you can you can cross your you stop crossing yourself. It's okay. Okay, okay, it's okay. You're still going to heaven. I promise you. I think it's super interesting that he thinks she was a cheerleader, and he thinks she was like your stereotypical like 
porn star cheerleader. Yeah, like hot blonde cheerleader. Like. Yeah, where it's not just like, you know, Sue Sylvester like walking home. It's like Sue in like the fake cheerleader outfit that doesn't make any sense. Because in porn, like, they're always cheerleaders with like big boobs and no bras. And if you were really doing those moves, I think you'd want to wear a bra. Yeah, you'd need a bra, sports bra. I mean, Jane Lynch probably didn't have to. Jane Lynch is a pretty slim woman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Christian has it. Uh, I can see him like, in, I have a feeling in his head this looks very much like um, Japanimation porn. Uh, yes. You know, was it like the hentai? I can see that. I, I don't know how you say the word. I know it's spelled with an H and looks like it's spelled hentai. But I'm like expecting also like tentacles to come out of her vagina as this happens. <laughs> and maybe that's where her hair went. Maybe the tentacle got tangled in her what? hair and pulled it off. And uh, that's that's how we got Sue. Does she <laughs> I, I'm just, I mean, Christian started me. it. I don't know. I, I broke Erica. Erica's convinced <laughs> that um, she she needs to become a born-again what, virgin um, now so that she can go to heaven. Does she have, what's it called in teeth? Vagina dentata? Vagina dentata? <gasps> oh, my that God! Was, that, that, Sue that makes that so me? much sense. Why didn't I think of that when I figured out how Sue lost her virginity? If any woman has vagina dentata, it is Sue, Sue Sylvester, Sylvester. And that explains so much. I wow. think this is the most unique glee cast there is we've, we've managed to talk you know because i we were saying like there's a lot of glee casts out there and um there's like one called the i think glee space cast with the c there's like these people talk about glee and i'm sure they're all fine and at first i'm like wow what's gonna make us stand out and i'm like oh i bet we're the only glee cast with an explicit tag yeah but we're not there's other ones with explicit tag but i don't think they talk about vagina dentata and hentai sure porn don't. so, so yeah. there um bam roasted um other explicit glee casts. Yeah. Well, I'm sure great if you're listening. Hey. Hey. Friend. Hey. Word. Um, so, Erica, how do you think Sue Sylvester became a woman? Uh, I don't have a whole story like you have. Uh, <laughs> Emily just pulled out an entire page, like, of a like, you know, actual written got story. got excited. I have, like, four notes. Um, I think that it was, I, I think it basically happened like the movie Carrie happens. I think uh. Sue was, like, very unpopular, and I think that the Glee kids in her school were, like, top-notch. Like, you know how Will talks about how they ruled the school? Right. I think that's they were the Glee BMOCs. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what they were then, and I think that, you know, the head Glee guy came over and <gasps> asked Sue to prom. Oh, or no. actually, I think it might have been homecoming. I don't think it was prom, because okay. I don't think Sue would really go to prom. But I think she'd, she'd given and go to a homecoming dance. Was she athletic in high school or no? I don't think she was. Maybe like lacrosse. I think no, that came no, after nothing. because what I think happened okay. is that I think uh, he took her back to the hotel after homecoming and, you know, took her V-card and then opened the door and all the kids, <gasps> all the popular Glee kids were like outside oh. and it was kind of like the pig's blood moment. And did, but did they sing? They must have sang. What they did had they sing? to sing to her. What did they sing? They sang, wait, I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, they sang Cherish by Madonna. Oh, oh my. Oh, that explains so much. It explains a lot, That explains right? a lot. Yeah. yeah. So that, and yeah, there was no pig's blood, but I think after that, you know, she went to uh, college. Metaphorical pig's blood. And she got existed. into sports and that's when she got all, you know. Like, I'm going to take this back. Has she had sex since then, do you think? I don't know if she has. Yeah. We don't know what the weatherman, the weatherman seemed pretty smarmy. Yeah, but. But, uh, well, he wasn't a weatherman. I'm sorry. The newsman. He also, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, she came in her zoot suit. Like, it's not like, oh, like so I don't think she... Some, I'm sure some guys find zoot suits hot, okay? <laughs> and now I'm embarrassed because I definitely was planning on wearing that next week <laughs> to your birthday. Um, guess I need to go back shopping, which yeah, I hate doing. You do. 
All right, so um, uh, now, okay, I did write something. However, I didn't get to edit or, like, look at it. I just kind of wrote a stream of conscious. So, it's, I mean, I, I work in editing, so it should be edited, but it's not. Anyway, Sue, as we know, was raised by famous Nazi hunters, which I believe. And much like army brats, she was constantly on the move, never really rooting herself to one location. As a result, Sue was a lonely child and an even lonelier teenager. When she was 16, her family settled temporarily in Munich in search of the famed Nazi Klaus von Klausenberg. <laughs> and yes, Klaus von Klausenberg was a Nazi. One day, her parents left her alone as they traveled the German countryside in search of Klaus von Klausenberg. Sue, tired of always being treated like a bastard child, decided to prove them lesser by catching the monster herself. Through a series of disguises and cheerleader moves and more disguises and more cheerleader moves... She did. But what's this? Klaus, with his powerful arms and superior attitude, was different than the other boys Sue knew. Strong, determined, <laughs> even manipulative. He convinced her that although he was indeed Klaus von Klausenberg, he was not a Nazi. And in fact, he had spent his time in hiding protecting handy capables and other falsely accused Nazis on the run. Uh, or, and on the wheeling, because a lot of them were in wheelchairs. Conflicted about her duties as a daughter, American, and Nazi hunter, Sue decided to consider her options, and in the meantime, hid Klaus in the attic of her home. Yes, just like Anne Frank. <laughs> One dark and stormy night, when the thunder was loud enough for Klaus to make a few small noises without being detected by Mr. and Mr. Mr. and Mr. Sylvester? Oh, I didn't even think of that. That changes everything. No, Mr. and Mrs. Sylvester. Uh, Sue went up to the attic with a plate of bratwurst, to, to give these sausages to Klaus von Klausenberg for dinner. She dropped those sausages when she saw another sausage. <laughs> mm -hmm. You and Christian need to, you need to write a porn <laughs> We need to write a porn about <laughs> Nazi lesbian flashback. cheerleaders. <gasps> That's the great name of a new movie, yeah, Nazi lesbian, lesbian cheerleaders. cheerleaders. Oh. Okay. Um, so playing on a CD ever so faintly uh, was the sweet tenor of one David Hasselhoff. How could Sue not be hooked on this feeling? <laughs> After the act of fornication, Sue twirled Klaus's chest hair in her bony fingers, an innocent act of cuddling that, to her shock, revealed something awful about the man who had just made her a woman. Buried under a tuft of blonde fur was a tattoo, a mess of ink shaped in a horrific scene detailing a swastika impaling a young woman. Worst of all, it was clear from the impeccable detail of the artist that said painted victim was quite clearly handy-capable. <gasps> Sue cried and screamed, and her parents heard, bounding up the stairs with their Nazi hunting weaponry aimed. They shot at Klaus, who leapt out the window. Now, I haven't decided if Klaus died <laughs> or escaped, but either way, if he died, it was like this mark on Sue, so that now like, she couldn't even please her parents. If he survived, then it was like he's gone from her life forever. And, um, you know, now like she's left in this very odd state of somebody taking her card, running away with it, and cashing it on Nazis. So I don't know, Erica um, and, and, and listeners, if what became of this. But uh, that's my theory on what happened to I Sue's like virginity. It. Thank you. I like it a lot. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, so on that note, should we, do we take, I can't remember what we said. We <laughs> talked about this before. I swear I have an outline. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. But, um, do you want to tell them the question for next week? The question for next week now, cause this is a good lead in. Wow. You're yeah. smart. Okay. Now, uh, next week we have a couple of guest stars. Uh, the one that was announced was Olivia Newton-John. Um, mini spoiler of the other guest star. No, they said oh, no. Okay. They said, I just didn't pay attention. Would be, uh, Ms. Molly Shannon of What Hot American Summer fame. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really like her on SNL myself, but that's just it's a okay. personal opinion. Um, and so our question now, we're going to have other guest stars and we know that next week there is a Jean Sylvester, which is probably Sue's sister. We don't know. But now, if you're a dream casting agent for Glee, and you can cast the people who will be playing Mr. and Mrs., or Mr. and Mrs., or Mrs. and Mrs., Sylvester, which actors would you like to see playing Sue Sylvester's parents? We want to know. We want to know. And age doesn't matter, because for all we know, they could be like yeah, I'm, 40 well, or 60. Age doesn't matter because maybe we meet them in flashback. We could meet maybe them in flashback. Maybe they're dead. Maybe That's we true. don't meet them now. They or could maybe be like Dakota Fanning and um, um, I don't know Haley Joel Osment for all they we know. They could be. They could be. Right. Oh, that ex- actually that makes sense. I could see the two of them producing Sue. I could too. F- like physically, Oddly blonde enough. and like that very like lean face. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I answered. Except, my I don't think either of them are very tall. Uh, yeah, but there's always freaks and families. Okay. Okay. So we, well, we want to know your answers yeah. to that. Tell us your answers. Gleecast at gmail.com. Gleecast with a K. With a K. And uh, we'll be right back with our Glee Cap. Indeed. One last egg to fry. One last man to pick up after. I should be happy. But all I do. Is cry, cry, no more laughter. Oh, I should be happy. Oh, why did she go? I only know that since he left, my life's so empty. Though I try to forget it, just can't be done. And we're back from break. We are back. I'm allowed to talk now. Erica wasn't letting me talk. I really got confused about when to talk. You know, you said you would point, and then you didn't point, and then you did point, and I was all confused. You didn't ask me to point until... Whatever, we're back. Whatever. Anyway, so let's give our glee cap for the week. Uh, This is episode three, episode 1.2.3, a.k.a. episode 16. Yeah, 16. All right, and this episode was called Home. Home. All right, so here's the plot synopsis. Now that Sue Sylvester has made Kurt and Mercedes a part of the Cheerio family, they are required to abide by her rules. For Mercedes, this means losing 10 pounds in time for a reporter from Splits Magazine arriving to profile Sue. Also, Sue has taken over the auditorium for the entire week, leaving the Glee Club without a home. Will investigates alternative rehearsal space and quickly discovers a cabaret roller rink run by April Rhodes, special guest star Kristen Chinoweth. April is still a drunk, but happily dating the wealthy Jewish strip mall owner millionaire. She's also in need of a place to crash, a home, if you will, and so she sublets Will's bedroom, home, home. Meanwhile, Finn discovers that his mother is doing some of her own home cleaning, including getting rid of some of his father's favorite furniture. Why, you ask? A man, naturally, and not just any man, Kurt's dad, Bert. While Bert and Carol seem happy, and Kurt is more than pleased, 
Finn can't quite accept another man in his dead dad's chair. An evening at Breadstick starts to change things when Finn realizes he and Bert have a lot more in common than he thought, i.e. sports. Kurt, however, is rather hurt by how easily his father can bond with his crush slash prospective stepbrother over man talk. Mercedes continues to attempt to lose weight, buying into the Sue Sylvester Master Cleanse regimen that all the Cheerios comply with. Eventually, she passes out and lands in the nurse's office. Quinn Fabray comes by to take full advantage of this teachable moment. Offering Mercedes a granola bar, uh, Quinn says that eating healthy for her baby made her realize she should be that good to herself. And Mercedes is great, and it's sweet, and they bond. Mercedes takes the stage at the pep rally while Sue and the reporter, who turns out to be a hard-hitting journalist, watch tentatively. Instead of launching into a typical Cheerio routine, Mercedes gives a sweet little speech about loving herself and how all the other students should do the same because, after all, it's what's inside that counts. She sings, high school kids bond, and Kurt is touched. Many people probably cried. The next morning, Sue learns the reporter is impressed by the Cheerios' inclusiveness, calling our favorite blonde the next big thing and transforming the world of cheerleading. April announces that her Jewish strip mall owner millionaire boyfriend has died, and as a result, she's inherited $2 million in hush money. Her plan is to book it to Broadway to mount the world's long-awaited all-white production of The Wiz. But first, she buys the Glee Club the auditorium, probably so that they could back her up in singing Home. And that was Home. <laughs> in case you didn't get it, they're home. They're home. They don't have home. They don't have a home, and now they have a home. And they sing a lot about a home. Uh, so, now, breaking it down, there were, I guess, three major story, major character stories in this episode, would you say? Four? Um, oh, Mookie. Oh, dear. Cat, oh, cat, excuse me for a minute. Studio. <laughs> really, Mookie. Um, oh, well, there were, you know, there was the Kurt Finn conflict. So we had the Kurt and Flynn, Kurt and Flynn, Kurt and Finn, uh, plus Will and mom and dad. Will and April and, and Mercedes, Mercedes, essentially. Yeah. Um, so... Who do you want to talk about first? Uh, why don't we talk about Mercedes first? Okay. Now, Mercedes, this was not her entire episode. And I personally think it could have been. I think it maybe should have been. Uh, because I, I think this, as, as Ashley pointed out in her email, Mercedes is a really interesting character. She is. She's somebody who definitely started off as your typical sassy black girl who could belt a high note. Mm -hmm. And I really like the idea of exploring her more and kind of touching on her vulnerabilities, you know, with her confidence. Because, I mean, she really is both. She's clearly comfortable with, you know, she knows she's, she's a big girl. She is different from the rest of the school, probably, and many people in the world. Um... You know, this week we kind of saw that she maybe doesn't want to be so different. Maybe. Yeah, which I think, you know, every high school student feels at some point in mm -hmm. time. Even if they say they don't, they still do. Because that's just... Yeah, I don't think I ever knew anybody in high school who was actually comfortable with themselves. Yeah, no. You know, even like those, yeah, the cool kids. Not, I'm not even talking about like the A-list kids. Mm -hmm. But those kids that, you know, like Mercedes or like somebody like Kurt who kind of seemed to have this unique air of confidence about them, you knew they had their own issues yeah. and, and everything. And so I, I loved seeing that from her. Uh, do you think we saw enough of it? I, I personally think we did. I actually, hmm. I disagree with you a little bit because I think, I think to throw on a 
first of all, we had no Rachel this episode, which was right, odd right. enough. And that, made, that was very it actually threw me off a little bit and made me a little uncomfortable. And I think wow, that, uncomfortable, like but, like when I you mean, had that funny feeling, uncomfortable with the episode because I was like, well, like the whole time I was kind of like, well, where's Rachel? But she Why was there. Like her and Jesse were cute, actually. Like, I know, being but in the background, like still, they looked like a couple, which I it, thought was really it cute. It threw me for a little bit of a loop because she's been our main character for so long, mm-hmm. and um, I think giving us like a full fledged Mercedes episode, I would have been like, what happened? I think it would have felt out of place. Okay, because it would have been like, well, we could only have one female lead per episode, so sure. It, like it just I think it would have felt off I was I was happy with the amount that um that Mercedes was you know given in the episode I, I think I, I will give it credit and this isn't we didn't really say our kind of general opinions on this one I liked it a lot more the second time around um, I still like it more than Madonna episode oh I definitely do. Uh, I just think it was it was such a it was a much better episode it, it had was. much more heart to it uh, and it, yeah the second time watching it it came together a little more for me mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to, uh, as far as like carrying a whole episode, I think the reason that uh, I would say, you know, kind of concede and say like maybe you're right is because the scenes they gave Mercedes particularly, I think she pulled off so well. Yeah. And the fact that we only had really like Quinn obviously had a great moment in this episode with Mercedes. Yeah. That was the scene in the nurse's office where. That was great. Like, yeah, I mean, it, and it it did avoid doing the whole, like, eating disorder high school episode thing, mm-hmm. which, yeah, we've seen plenty of times on other shows. And in the, that one moment with Quinn, and that was actually when I um, was fast-forwarding on my DVR, you know how, like, if you do, like, fast-forward it too quickly, like, you miss a whole scene? Yep. It did that both times when I watched it, because it was such a quick scene. It was probably, yep. like, a three-minute scene. But it was, like, super, super powerful. Like, it, it was so powerful. It held so much meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, who knows with Quinn? Um, my biggest uh, question, because I, I kept meaning to, to ask this, where the hell is Quinn living right now? I don't know. I don't know. I saw you put that in the notes, and I don't actually know, yeah. because we did see... She's not living with Finn anymore. Right. Because, you know, she, she kind of lied living. to him about having his baby. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe her parents took her back in. Maybe, maybe she's living with Puck. I don't know. It just is something weird that, because, that we know, we, we talked a little bit about how Ryan Murphy said they're going to downplay the pregnancy, but you still have this character that's in a really weird place. Yeah. And now I really want a Quinn episode now. I do too. And I mean, especially I think, after this episode. I definitely think she's one of the more interesting characters. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and a strong actress. I too. mean, we, we talked about it on, the, on our first episode, I think, about how she, for, for all intents and purposes, we shouldn't like her. Right, absolutely. We should hate her. But mm-hmm. I'm like incredibly intrigued by her and I want, yeah. I want more. I want, I want to know more about her. I loved uh, during the song Beautiful the the look in her face when she was singing because mm-hmm. you know you didn't it was Mercedes song and then everybody's singing in the background and she was one of the first ones to stand up and and sing with her it felt so much like she was staring down Sue and you didn't really see it you don't know eye level if that's where the, the gaze mm-hmm. was aimed but it really felt like she was singing this about herself and looking at Sue and saying like you fucked with me for years and and I'm done and I'm done I'm having my baby and I ain't <laughs> naming it Sue Sylvester <laughs> what if she does though I don't think she will no maybe not maybe she'll name it Klaus <laughs> maybe um, okay so now uh, should we move on to another character's arc here uh, Sue had uh, Sue's story was definitely the, the minor story here yeah, very minor but it was very interesting i thought yeah and it made me so angry 
Oh, because oh, yeah. We find well, out. Yeah, but I all right. First of all, why do the Cheerios need the auditorium? They practice in the gym. Yeah, they can't practice outside because it's cold. But we've seen them practice in the gym. So why do they need well, the auditorium? Well, because Sue blatantly says, and she told Will this, and Will it, it registered to Will. She says, you know, Figgins will say this because right. I'm blackmailing him. And Will noticed that. I mean, he didn't say anything about it, but I have a feeling that may come, come back. Come back. Will might be like, okay, so you're being blackmailed now? I'll blackmail you. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, but, I mean, it's Sue Sylvester. She gets what she wants. Right. And then in addition to that... Um, in the Glee Cap, we talked about how there's this report reporter mm-hmm. coming, and the actor looked really familiar, and it was I bothering know, me the whole time. Saying? I don't I'll, know. I'll look it up when you start talking. But um, yeah, we find out that he's coming basically to lampoon her and expose her for you know this evil cheerleading coach that mm-hmm. we all know she is. <laughs> And yeah. then, you know, I was kind of annoyed at Mercedes. Like, yeah, Mercedes, I'm glad you had your moment. Which, by the way, I, I forgot, I didn't talk about this before, but that was like the most cliched, I guess we're going to talk about it. We'll, we'll get song, to it. Yeah, why don't we, we'll get there. It was such like, it was like that moment in Mean Girls where Tina Fey asked everyone to raise their hands. And it was right. like, I was just cringing at it. Yeah, it, I know. It killed me. But, um, so because of, you know, Mercedes. Act, but it's not like Mercedes was doing it for Sue. Mercedes know, was doing but, it for herself. And I mean, for all the other kids in that auditorium. But because she did it, now this reporter. Well, that's what we call Tracy, irony. This reporter, Tracy, thinks Sue's this amazing woman. And well, yeah, I mean, she's not. No, well, I mean, she is for different reasons. It is. Yeah, you're right. Of course, yes. It's it's the villain getting away with. Right. It's, it's what it usually. So you know what though? It's what usually happens to the non-villain in stories. You know, like usually, like it's the Michael Scott effect. It's like Michael Scott on The Office does something so stupid, and you're like, oh my god, fire the fire the guy. And then of course, like the Wonka bar, he puts golden tickets inside of um, boxes going to customers. And it's the stupidest thing in the world, but the bosses end up loving it. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what this episode was. It was like the reverse of that. Now, um, I found it really interesting because Sue, in those last two scenes, was you could see it in her face. There were two ways you could go with it. One was that she just was so nervous the entire time. And she was because she knew, like, oh, shit, you're not here to write about how great I am. You're here to write about what a tyrant I am. Right. And then, you know, when he says, like, we'll talk tomorrow, you can see the look in her face, like, what's going on? What's going on? I don't know. Mm-hmm. The next day, when, you know, he comes to the office, and she really has nothing to say to him until she kind of, at the end, when he's like, oh, you're great, you're wonderful, and she's like, yeah, um, yeah, that's what I was meant to do, exactly. We've never really seen her like that, like, where it's her improvising casually and not being too sure of herself in doing so. And I like that you could really see her kind of reshuffling things in her head of how do I play this? I'm not really sure. I'm going to have to be tame. I'm going to stop calling the dude a rerun because he's going to say that I'm racist and I probably <laughs> am. Uh, so I I found that interesting. It, it humanized her a little bit in a different way. We talked last week about how she'd been humanized you know, with all this other stuff. But this week it was like, she is not a machine. She has to adjust to things. She can do it, and she did it. But it doesn't mean it was easy for her. Right. Yeah. I'm still trying to find out who the actor is. He just is. looks so fucking familiar. He's definitely in something else, I know. and I can't. Um, He's not listed I'm sure he credits. was on an episode of Law & Order. Because <laughs> when in doubt, you know they were on an episode of Law & Order. Or CSI. 
I'm sure he was on an episode of CSI. I've never watched CSI in my life, so I don't know. But I'm oh, sure he was on an episode of it. All right. Um, should we move on to Kurt? Kurt. Kurt. I love Kurt. I still love Kurt. I, yeah. We'll, we'll get to this, I think, when we talk about the songs. But um, I loved this whole storyline. I loved Kurt and Finn and Finn's dad and Finn's mom and Kurt's dad. I thought was... On one hand, it was your sitcom romance. It was, I want to set my dad up with your dad. Although it was right. a little creepy. Because I don't know if, like, I'm going to set my dad up with your dad so that they can get married. Yeah, and you so can move into my bedroom together. and then I can have sex with you. Yeah. That's a little weird. Like, it I, a little weird. it's a little strange. But, you know, it's okay. Because I thought um, the, the, the Kurt, it, it was cute. It was just, you know, the boy, like, fixing up his dad. Of course, for ulterior motives. But whatever. Uh, and then the 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 whole development of that. So we had Kurt's dad, Bert. Am I the only one who only realized today that Kurt and Bert rhyme? No, I, re- like, no. I never realized that before. <laughs> I realized it during the episode okay. that it was Kurt and Bert Hummel, which is adorable. It's pretty adorable, but probably really annoying when people call. Hey, is Kurt there? And you're like, wait, Kurt or Bert? I said, Kurt. Wait, you said Kurt or Bert? It happens in my family because my father's name is Jim. My brother's name is Tim. There's often that awkward, like, wait, which family member do you want? Um, but, okay, so we have Kurt's dad who, yeah, Mike, Mike O'Malley. Mike O'Malley. is wonderful. He, he really is great in, the, in yeah, this role. Lisa, I love him like in this Lisa role. Like Lisa said, like, I, I don't think I've ever seen him in something I didn't like him in. And, I mean, I haven't seen him in much, although, again, I'm still excited that he was in Guts. But uh-huh. he he just has such a great presence, and I believed every minute of yep. him. Um, I loved the moment, um, his moment, bo- both with Kurt. I liked the, you know, kind of guy talk and the look in Kurt's face when Kurt realized, like, I am not the son you wanted. Like, you love me. It was heartbreaking. It was so heartbreaking. It really like I, I if I hadn't if I hadn't been watching it with with three other people, I I'm sure I would have been crying during that mm-hmm. scene. But I had some self control because there were other people there. Understood. Uh, yeah, because yeah, well, that's the thing. La- the first half of the season, I was seriously crying three, four times every episode. Yeah, I haven't cried and as I haven't much cried this season. Yeah, yet. well, no. not this season. This this, this half. half of the yeah. season. Um, but that definitely would have been a moment where had I been alone mm-hmm. in my room, I would have definitely It, it was. Down. It was. Because, I mean, the delivery on both of them, because Bert was so earnest. Like, he's not, I mean, he's not doing anything wrong. No. He's trying to, you know, he's he's trying to make friends with his girlfriend's son. And he's not doing it to hurt Kurt. That rhymes too. <laughs> uh, he is. But it's just kind of oh, a, it's, an unavoidable It is byproduct. such an unavoidable, accidental. And it was, oh, it was ripping because you just saw Kurt realizing, I am not the son you wanted. Um, I, where I did cry and I cried both times was actually the scene with Bert and, and Finn when Bert says like, uh, when, you know, cause Finn has had, Finn had his own issue this episode, which was, you know, Finn kind of coming to terms with the fact that his, his father died when he was very young. And I, I liked this for Finn a lot. I do too. I, this made me like Finn much more than I liked it, him It previously. just really makes him a kid. It makes him a vulnerable yeah. teenager with daddy issues, you know, we, we've seen him be really good. Something I really liked in the first half of the season uh, was that we really saw that Kurt really loves his mom. Uh, not Kurt, I'm sorry, Finn. Finn does love his mom. Finn, I mean, it's obviously, like, it's just him and his mom. And in the first part of the season, very early, like, there was a, a great, I think when he found out Quinn was pregnant, like, you could see it hurt him more because it was going to hurt his mom. Yeah. 
And I, I think his mom has also been such a good character. She's great. She's she's both a really good actress and just, you know, like saying the things that moms would say, as mm-hmm. opposed to when you have so many of these shows where you have, you know, the parents that have to be combative and have to not approve of this and not approve of that. And we don't see that on Glee. Like, I mean, sure, Quinn's parents, but it's it's an exception to the rule. It's for the most part, the parents in Glee really love and want to understand their kids. Uh, but the moment where Bert tells Finn, um, I wrote down the line because it was so cute. Says, I can't be your dad, but I will be her hero. Oh, I know. Like, that was really oh. sweet. And it wasn't like a cloyingly cute scene where it's a guy talking about how much he loves this woman. It's him saying like, look, your mother and I were what? We're in our 40s. We're, we're both widowed. You know, we both have not been happy for, you know, 15 years or 10 years and I love this woman and she loves me and I'm just here to make her happy. And if she's going to let me do that, I'm going to do it. And I, I want to get along with you, but you have to understand I'm good for your mom. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. And I love that Finn was like, okay. Yeah. You know, and it, cause it didn't turn into that. Like, Oh, I'm going I'm to break you up nefariously. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that was there like the ashes and stuff, but it it was it felt really real and sweet and like what you want to see in a in a TV show. The other um, very real moment for me was um, when Finn was confronting his mom about about the relationship and she she starts to cry and she screams at Finn. She yeah. says, "You didn't know, know him. him." Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, like oh. It, it was because it, it you felt that." Because you, I mean, I, you know, thankfully have both my parents, but if you, you take somebody who is going, you know, we always idolize these, these people that we don't know that we're connected to and somehow, like, I mean, I had, you know, my great grandparents are all long dead. I never knew any of them. I like to imagine they were these amazing Nazi hunters as well. (laughs) I don't know that they were, but it's that. And for Kurt, I mean, I always want to call him Kurt because Finn looks like a Kurt. (laughs) Doesn't he? I'm sorry. He does. He doesn't look like a Finn. Stupid um, named character, just because it rhymes with Quinn. But, but even Finn's, even Finn's reaction to that line, I mean, I feel like we haven't seen, uh, what's his real name, Corey Monteith, mm-hmm. Monteith, whatever his name is. Um, I feel like we, ha- his acting skills haven't really been tested until they have this not. episode. Yeah, and maybe the when he found out that Quinn was pregnant, and he had but to, that you know, that was done so off. quickly because that was yeah. such a dense episode. Yeah, um, but um. I, I feel like he got to act in this episode, and, and maybe he's not just a Frankenstein. Yeah, I'd like to think that. He's, he is better than Chris Klein. Yes. He is. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I noted about that, um, was it just me or the Quinn? No, Quinn. See, God damn it. I just called him Quinn. The Finn mother scene ended so abruptly and weirdly and cut to a commercial for Applebee's. Did you <laughs> not notice that? It, uh, um, it, it was did, really weird notice. timing. It, it was timed so strangely where, like, the scene ended and it, like, you, you needed a moment and it just immediately went to Applebee's. It, it was a very odd commercial break. I don't know. I noticed I it. I didn't it like didn't, it. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't hit me that way. I don't know. I'm sensitive. Uh, um, the, now, the last storyline of this episode. April and Will. Guest star, Kristen Chenoweth. Tony Award winning Kristen Chenoweth. Yes. Adina Menzel, mortal enemy, Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> Uh, playing April again. Thoughts? Um, I love April. I love her sort of 
I'm going to try and do well, but I'm going to wind up drinking again. Yeah. Well, she went 45 minutes without a drink, which is pretty good. (laughs) That's more than I went today. And um, now she's in love with, and she realized her dream to be the mistress of of a strip mall I wrote it down of a strip mall. A strip mall owner. millionaire. Yeah. Um, yeah. My dream is to be the MC at a roller disco cabaret. Yeah, that was Holy awesome. shit, do I want that I job. Th- I think it was such a perfect set piece for her to pop up in. Totally was. Because it, totally it was so colorful. surprised Will, too. I love the moment where that weird dreadlocked guy, did anyone else notice him? Yeah. <laughs> and there was the other guy with, like, the triangular cut <laughs> pleather suit. It was very early 80s. <laughs> the weird dreadlock guy where Will was like who could I talk to about renting this out and he doesn't have a line he, he just, just points smiles and nods and points but it's like the most awkward moment and I mean ever. it was so convenient because April had just had a sex dream about Will of course of course that always happens you have a sex dream about somebody and then you see them um now my thoughts I I love I love Kristen Chenoweth and I love the character of April because she's such a mess um, like just like some of the other things, like, yeah, like I just had a sex dream about you. And my other favorite line of hers was, uh, when I think Will says, like, we talks about how, like, you know, they spent the night together. They didn't sleep together, but they spent the night together. And he's like, well, I didn't really sleep well. Cause you kept screaming. And she goes, yep, that's and the night terrors, <laughs> which I just love that April has night terrors. And I love that she has a bedazzled microphone. Oh my God. I want that microphone. An extra bedazzled microphone for Will. Like, well, I mean, it, it, you got to get like the his and hers. Yeah, totally. Uh, that was I think that was my high note somewhere. Is like I want that microphone. Oh, strip mall tycoon. I found strip mall tycoon. That's Buddy right. Buddy Leibovitz. Strip uh, mall however, tycoon. now all this wonderful stuff being said about April and Kristen Chenoweth, I do not think this was the right episode to have her guest star on. Why? Because it was to me, it was such a crowded episode. Like we're talking right now, we had four storylines of characters and all of them were were so much happened in one episode and I think all of those could have been expanded I felt like April's even her songs which and we'll we'll get to this in a minute when we talk about the songs but I like the uh, you know of her songs one of them was definitely a plot song and moved some things around but there, she essentially had two songs that didn't do anything with, with the story or other characters. And to have her guest star and have so much time in an episode where so much other great stuff was happening, I think that was kind of my problem with this episode. It was too dense for me. But I feel like, I feel like the other stories were so heavy. They were, they, none of them were really up, I mean, Mercedes' story was uplifting. It was uplifting, but it wasn't funny. Right, and I I feel like we needed that lighthearted April Rhodes to sort of lift up the episode a little bit. And even, I mean, we're going to talk about the songs in a minute, and I did feel like her songs were a little bit heavy. Like, I I love. They were very bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I feel like, you know, her funny lines and everything, we kind of needed that because who else had funny lines in this episode? You know, besides Brittany, which she mm-hmm. only got one line this episode. <laughs> um, but, you know, there was kind of – there's no humor to Kurt's story and Finn's story, and there's no humor to well, there, Mercedes' story. Well, was. Stories. It just turned into something else. And, yeah, well, Mercedes had, like, the whole gag of my friends look like food. Which was funny, but, you know, it, it was during a very serious moment where she was having – See, I think – I don't know. I feel like the Mercedes storyline, if the Glee writers were good enough, and I think they are, I feel like that could have been a really, like, funny, serious storyline if it was given more time. Instead, it had to just kind of be streamlined and be very, like, one cute gag, and now serious moment with Quinn, serious moment with Beautiful, done. 
I almost think if if it was given more time in that episode, it could have been a little funny here and there. It could have been like not something stupid like her like trying different ways to lose weight, but like different um stuff of like the Cheerios with weight loss and I don't know. I, I think that's just an interesting story that could have been expanded. We had that. Like, where was there to expand? Because we, we know how the Cheerios stay the size they are. They do the Sue Sylvester Master Cleanse. What else is there to it? They, they, they have cheerleading practice every day. That's their exercise. Like, it's not like they're out running six miles every day. I, I don't feel like there was that much room for expansion. I, and I, I liked that her story was streamlined because it was... I feel like it's a story we've seen so many times before, and yes, they they did a couple of cute things with it, those master cleanse, seeing her friends as food, but I think had it been expanded, it would have become so much more cliche than it mm-hmm. already was. It, it definitely would have been in danger of doing so. Yeah. And I, I I liked that April was there to remind us that, you know, Will, they're like, oh, I forgot to read the title, the subject of Chris's email, which was, no Emma, that's bullshit. Mm. Um, because there was no Emma this that's episode. That's true. And, you know, having April there and no Emma, it kind of reminds us that Will is going through this really hard time. He's, yeah, that's absolutely. He's never been an Alone. adult yeah. living on his own. Yeah. And I, I like that April was there to sort of pick up the mood and make it a little funny, but still remind us of how serious Will's situation is and, and what a tough time he's having. No, that's, that's, that's a very good point. That's and actually a very good it point. Was, I thought it was interesting how, like, Will and um, Will and Finn's story have been mirroring each other for right. for a few episodes now. Um, we talked a lot more about it the first episode where they were, yeah, because they were both 14. much more obviously yeah. mirrors, yeah. But but they're still mirroring each other. I mean, you know, they're they're both kind of in this awkward place where their home life it has changed drastically, and um, I think it was very interesting that. At the end of the episode, Will is kind of still in the same place, but Finn has kind of moved forward. Hmm. And I, yeah, I think an that was point. an interesting play because, you know, you kind of expect Will to be the adult and move forward. And well, Will's Finn really let's, very immature. And, let's, let's, let's not forget, Will was really busy watching musical performances and tearing this episode. Because <laughs> he, he did it three times. And that does take a lot of energy out of you. But it, it's an emotional time for him. He's depressed. It's true. It's true. No, you know, know, sometimes you're you're depressed, and every little thing and makes tear. me cry. And I tear. mean, you know, once a month I cry at Hallmark commercials. Come on, like if I was Will and I was, you know, that upset. I I'm going through a divorce. My girlfriend doesn't want to be with me because she thinks She's I'm like not a ready. Yeah. And I think it, I I felt a lot for Will this episode. Okay. Okay. Why did should we move into the songs? All right. Yeah. All right. So now the first song. Um, fire by the great Jewish god Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I spelled Bruce Springsteen's name wrong, and Erica pointed out that it makes him look very Jewish. <laughs> so I, Jewish. I like to believe that that maybe he is Jewish. Why not? Oh, Why not? Springsteen. Springsteen. <laughs> it's Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. Get it right. He maybe he's related to the tycoon. Buddy Leibowitz. Buddy Leibowitz. Their cousin. That's right. Now, what did you think of Fire? <laughs> I liked it a lot. It didn't do anything to advance the storyline, but, but it was, it was very a fun cute. song. And I mean, I, my low uh, was that they they had like all this potential of doing stuff in a roller disco, and they didn't do anything and they with didn't, it. So I'll give this song credit for being yeah, for, sung in and roller the, skates. The giant pom poms. The giant pom poms were very cute. Were awesome. Um, it was it was cute, and it was it was fun. It was light. It was sweet. It was it was very cute. And I like that you can see that Will is kind of still crushing on her a little bit. You know, yeah. he has that flashback moment. Will was having moment. fun with his song, which yeah. I liked. Because Will, you know, he is the straight man in all of this. 
and, and we haven't seen him have fun since like Acafellas and yeah, Bust a Move and exactly. And we and forget that like Gold but, Digger. Aside from the fact that like Matthew Morrison is a Broadway performer, mm-hmm. uh, that like yeah, Will likes to. He's still young. Like he's still got moves. And, yeah. and give him a mic and give him some roller skates and let him let him skate a little bit mm-hmm. around. That's right. With yeah. The, so yeah, that was lots of fun. Um, uh, so now the next song was for me was the the highlight of the episode um, was. Uh, Kurt singing the Burt Bacharach. Erica didn't believe me that Burt Bacharach wrote the song. She's like, no, we, we, no it's because we usually look for who sang the song well, and not who wrote the song. We okay, were okay, like, beautiful, the, written by Christina Aguilera. Well, no. all right, here's the reason why I like in, knew about this was now I don't watch American Idol. I watched one season of American Idol, and that was the first season just because friends are watching it. And I remember this song from American Idol because I remember it was during Burt Bacharach week. <laughs> And I distinctly remember the girl singing it who got voted off and everybody said she shouldn't, should not have gotten voted off and that she sung this song and the whole thing was like, wow, that's a really difficult song to sing. And Kurt sang it, I think, beautifully. Yeah. Uh, Finn proved that it's a really difficult song to sing. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> uh, Finn's solo was, was very pitchy, was if you will. Um, but at the same time... Uh, I like the Finn solo. Something happened in it for him. It was emotional for it him. It was a really emotional moment. So and can... he learned in that solo. Yeah, he, as he him. was singing, he's like, I'm going to let go. You're right. Yeah. Okay, a house is not a home. Like, we, you know. Uh, so I like that. But now let's talk about Kurt singing that song. What'd you think? Erica. <laughs> I'm not talking to my cats. <laughs> I, I, I talked to them, but not with the microphone. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I understand. Okay. Um, I, I, I think it, I, I don't know. I was a little confused. I didn't really know why Kurt was singing it because it was a little creepy. Because he wanted a home. It was a little creepy. He was singing it to Finn. He wants a home with Finn. That's kind of, I don't know. I know. That was weird. I agree. It was awkward for me. I kind of, you're right. I mean, the the subtext of the song was a little strange. Yeah. But I thought vocally it was just so interesting. Great. I I think Chris Colfer's amazing mm-hmm. and i i recently just acquired the um his version of defying gravity because they released oh, them okay sing- oh nice way. nice so there's the leah michelle version and there's the and, Chris Colfer oh version. i want that i can give them to fantastic. you fantastic i am um, taking that <laughs> so um he has because it's a voice that you do not hear you do no. not hear you know a male with i don't know what his range with a very high range i'm sure there's a the word for what it, it's not falsetto it's something else but you just you don't hear that vo- right. that kind of voice and I mean, it, it like what I love too is like I always kind of I'm always on the fence about watching the Glee Club's reactions to songs because mm-hmm. sometimes it's really forced. But I like this. I like that all the characters were just like, yeah, oh, like they were all really taken in by it. And I don't want to believe it was just because he's now a Cheerio that they're like, oh, now I'm going to listen to the Cheerio song. No, no. Um, but it was like you just saw kind of like all the characters, like, you know, like Santana put her her head on Britney's shoulder. They linked pinkies. They linked pinkies. We know what they're going to do later. Um, like Rachel, I think, had like and a look. Jesse yeah. had a look. Like, yeah, it was just a sweet, like, everybody hearing it and like, being affected by it, it was a which sweet. I liked. It was a sweet moment for all the characters, but again, it was it, to me. It was it was a little strange. Okay, for Kurt to be singing it to Finn, and I suppose did I feel like Finn felt uncomfortable during it? Well, because the best moment was when Puck looks at him and mouths, "Are you gay? Did you catch that? <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe you of all people didn't catch the great Puckzilla in this episode. Oh, Puck. It's great. It's like because as soon as the song starts. 
Finn just kind of looks around because Finn can see he's singing at him and Finn's right. all uncomfortable. And Puck just looks at him and like really obviously mouths, are you gay? <laughs> and it was just a really funny moment. Um, it, the other thing I liked about this song was, I mean, I'm laughing about how Will cried at all the songs and he did, but at the same time, uh, in that song, you could see Will also acting. Yeah. Like you saw him realizing, I am alone right I'm now. Alone. Like, I'm going it's home sucks. to nothing. Yeah. Because my wife's a cunt and there was that uh now moving on to the next song um the next song one was less one less bill to answer, bell to answer. i wish it, it also struck me as kind of strange one april less. shows up in her nighty with a coat on <laughs> like all ready to go to bed but see, yes on one hand, it's 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 a little silly. Um, it seems warm outside, so you know there's that. Uh, the other thing, no, it's though, too cold for the Cheerios. Oh outside. yeah, but everybody else was wearing t-shirts. I don't know. Uh, but but the thing about that though, it felt what I liked about this song. I didn't like that it was too long. It felt like it just it kept was going. Very long. What I liked was it felt really like Grease or like Little Shop of Horrors. It felt like in a musical when like the yeah. character is in her nightgown and she's singing and you know then there's like the big moon outside and then the man is singing and they're together but they're not it's your hopelessly devoted exactly it's the hopelessly devoted moment totally it felt very theatrical and i liked it because i'm ham for that stuff (laughs) but i think it was i it it threw me I, i wasn't a huge fan of the music in this episode and this was one of the songs that i wasn't a fan of because it was very long and it was was very very theatrical and i just feel like it's the nature of the beast to be theatrical, but I felt like this took it a little bit too far. It was, it could have been brought back a little bit just because we haven't really had that. Yeah, and it didn't, I mean, it, it did a little just to show, like, yeah, Will is lonely, as we said. Like, right. by the end of but this we episode, we point. knew that. Yeah. Um, and it also showed that, wow, Kristen Chenoweth can sing a yeah. lot of different styles. That's what it felt like. It, you know, it felt like a moment for her to sing on the show. And, and that is the, that was the issue. I mean, that's like what I was saying about this is, and I would, I would have been angry if she didn't sing more because, I mean, when you have somebody with that voice and Kristen Chenoweth has one of the most, I think, incredible voices of this generation, you have to use it as much as you can. So I also just wish she would have sang more. I mean, of all the songs, I knew Beautiful. Like, okay. once I realized Fire was Bruce Springsteen, then I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of know that. But I didn't know any of those songs. I didn't know the song from The Wiz. I didn't know this song. I didn't, but I mean, I didn't know Kurt's song. I don't know. I'm okay with Glee introducing me to new music. Like, I, I think I'd heard this song before. Um, I, I knew House is Not at Home. I knew The Wiz. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I'm cool with the mix because in this episode wasn't mixed. You had beautiful, which everybody knows, and you had you know older Burt Bacharach, and you had uh, you know some Broadway. So I was cool with it, I guess. Next song. Um, oh, and I think we should just say, you know, they didn't sleep together. They did not important. sleep together. They slept in the same bed, but they did not yeah. sleep together. Yeah. And I think I think that was like super important. It was. I mean, I I, I could not imagine Will going through with it. I like that April was has always presented herself as more than willing to do so, but mm-hmm. I think she might have even stopped him if it got to that point. Because I, I don't know, maybe, maybe. Uh, now I thought what you really wanted to tell me was that you are beautiful no matter what they say. <laughs> you are beautiful no matter what they That's say. That's right, damn straight. Words won't bring me down, motherfucker. I hate this. You did. I can understand. I was really mixed on it. 
I wanted to hate it and I wanted to love it. And I'm left not knowing what I felt. <laughs> it started to happen and those of us that were watching it together kind of looked at each other. Like, no, they're not going to do it. Are they never going to do it? Yeah. And that was literally said, like, my mic, my Mike, my microwave oven. Um, that's a joke <laughs> from How I Met Your Mother. Mike, my boyfriend, w- literally said, you know, it. they're not, they're not going to do this. Like, come on, come on, Glee, come on. It was so literal. Yeah, it was. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the script for that scene originally began with Mercedes, like saying, like, okay, who here has ever felt ugly? But you know what? You are beautiful, no matter what they say. Words yeah. can't bring you down. And then the writers being like, oh, wait a minute, we could just use that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it, uh, like I said before, it felt so much like that scene in Mean Girls, but I feel like the scene in Mean Girls worked. Well, this one didn't have that much irony to it. This right. one was just like, because Mean Girls, it's like, yeah, but they're kind of making fun of it. It's right. like, yeah, who here does this? And they're all bitches and they all admit it. With this, it was like, who doesn't feel good about themselves? You should feel good about yourself. And there was no yeah. joke about it. You know, there there was the interesting it, stuff with Sue... But it just uh, fell so flat for me. I was like, Mah. that's yeah. it. That's what it sounded like. See, I, I mixed on the song too. Cause I like, there's a part of me that really likes the song, even though I, I know it, I shouldn't. It's just, it's just a stupid song, but it's also a really sweet song. So I'm torn on that. Um, it's a sweet song. And I don't, I don't have a problem with Christina Aguilera. I happen to oh, like, no, her I, a lot, I like Christina Aguilera a lot too, but I, this, it's again, you know what it's it is? So overused, and it's, overplayed. It was just so literal. It's one of again a moment that if like somebody like many of our friends who might be listening to this right now, who don't watch Glee, if they had walked in at this moment, they would have yeah, been like, "Oh like, my fucking fuck god, this. you're kidding me!" <laughs> exactly. So yeah, you're right. Like I, I wish I could think I was smart and could think of other songs oh, they could have done. Yeah, but and my other issue with it is. Can Mercedes please have not a ballad to sing? Like all we've given her, I, she yeah. she had the line. Well, you proud Mary, me proud Mary, yeah, Mary. That was one proud song, Mary. and we've had her do every stereotypical belted out ballad. The one from yeah. Dreamgirls that I can never remember the well, name. Yeah, of. Uh, and I'm telling you. Yeah, and and this, like I just. But what I liked about this one is the thing I did like about this song was it wasn't. It was vocally simple. The song itself is vocally simple. But I, I kind of liked that it wasn't like she didn't have to do the stereotypical reach the high note, hold the high note at the end, then bring it down. Like it was a simply produced song, mm-hmm. which worked, I thought. Cause you, but at the same time, you're right. It was kind of. Um, and just how you were talking about Will crying during. Every, <laughs> he cried during this one again. He cried during this. And I, of think, course. I think it's kind of funny because I felt like he was. To me, it looked like he was kind of crying because he was, you know, proud of his kids because mm. he's taught them so well. And I wanted to be like, nah, that was Quinn. Like, yeah, yeah. By the way, you had nothing to do with that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, this this was I was okay with there being no Emma this this episode because again, there was so I, much yeah. else going on, and I didn't want another week of like that tentative relationship. But um, I just for some reason I kept my eyes kept getting drawn to the woman, the teacher standing next to him. During the ceremony, because she had a really terrible, like, 80s blazer with giant Lisa Simpson pearls. Oh, no. I don't know if you noticed that, I but didn't I did. I notice. Okay. I'm not as observant. I, I'm not that observant normally. I'm just, I notice the weird things. Uh, final song of the evening. Um, is home. Wait, wait, what is it called? Home? Wait, was it really called? What? House. what? House? Home? Uh, living yeah. place? Home. 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 From a the drinking game to, to this episode of Glee. Yeah. How many would have been take a home? shot every time they say the word home. 
now this song was um, so now April bought the Glee Club the, the auditorium, auditorium and I believe as payment they had to sing the song with her right they they I don't know who did her makeup but she had time to go get her hair yeah, and makeup done and, and get done. her jewels and her maybe Kurt did it Kurt might have done it that's true he did give mom Finn's mom that he that gave her a nice little makeover maple. yeah she looked great she did I agree um, I'm so happy to see her out of those acid wash jeans yeah, I agree oh but I love the fact that they bonded over acid wash jeans <laughs> oh I uh, well, I'll make it a high note. Okay, okay we'll, we'll get there. But uh, we'll, we'll just finish talking about, about the music. So this song, uh, your thoughts? Again, I didn't know the song. I, As a general rule, I don't really like ballads. I, they just don't pull me in. I'm not drawn to them. I find them very slow Ballady. and boring, <laughs> which is the definition of a ballad. But, um, yeah, so yet another ballad this episode. I felt like that's all we had this episode. I felt like we had more ballads than the ballad episode. I was more intrigued by that episode mm-hmm. than, than the music in this one. Yeah, I didn't um, think this was the best song choice. Just yeah. because, again, it, it didn't do anything. I mean, I, it was just it, purely like, Kristen Chenoweth, you're so pretty and you can sing so well. Just so take it away, girlfriend. Take yeah, it away. And she nothing, did. Nothing super interesting about the performance. It was... You know, yeah, it was actually a very, really a rather static. dull song. Uh, it ended on her high note, and she can do high notes really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know she could sing. You don't have to beat us over the head with it. I, I don't mind it, just because I like hearing her sing. But it, it when you have, again, this crowded episode that could have all these other things going on, yeah, a little, a little unnecessary. Um, but, I mean, and hey, this was where the rhinestone microphone kicked it, by the way. She had a rhinestone microphone here that I liked. And I hope they use in the all-white production of The the Wiz, Wiz, which I thought was a fabulous touch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Any other thoughts on the songs, or should we go into what we found was our high notes and low notes? We could do high notes and low notes. High notes and low notes. Uh, I broke my high notes down by character. Um, I'll start with... uh, Two of the things of, about Kurt that I really like this episode. I like that the boy drinks a Shirley Temple. Yes. <laughs> I kind of figured he would. I like that he did. I also will give uh, the actor props for during, I didn't talk about this, I'd forgotten, when he sings House is Not a Home. Before he sings the song, he has to give this like two-paragraph exposition about what it means. <laughs> and it was, if you had read it probably, you would have been like, are you kidding me? Why can't he just show this with the song which he did but i thought he delivered those two paragraphs really well my my kurt high note was um when he introduces bert and finn's mom whose name i don't know carol carol he's like um, i think he says you both have dead spouses you should talk (laughs) it's great i mean everybody needs something in common yeah yeah yeah. And then, you know, their their little moment after that was great, too. The acid wash jeans. Yeah. It was so cute. I have a friend who told me acid wash jeans are coming back. He says, oh, really? I didn't think they ever left. <laughs> uh, what I like uh, about that, and it's something that I guess I'm noticing now. I don't watch that much TV. For whatever reason, I watch Parenthood because I like the movie and I decided to give the show a chance. I like seeing this certain generation is going to come off sounding very strange, but we're used to, when we grew up, we had, you know, show like Roseanne or whatever, where the adults grew up in like the sixties and the seventies, like when, when my parents grew up in the sixties, uh, now when we watch shows like this, the adults grew up in the eighties or in like the late seventies or eighties. And in this case, if you know, their kids are 15, 
the characters are probably like what 40 or so I think is that math right? Or forty? Forty? Sure. Okay. Sure. So I don't think they they their references are different. Like they remind me more of my older siblings and my parents than when I was a kid, and it right. was so distant from me. And I think it's also just such a different, you know, sitcoms and dramas now have just such a different style of acting than they did when we were yeah, going very up. much because you're, there's no laugh track i think that right. oh, makes god. such a difference thank god there's no laugh track although some shows still have laugh well tracks. i can't get over this because now you watch how i met your how i met your, how mother, I met your mother and the big bang still have laugh uh, see i i, I remember because i only watched I, I don't watch how i met your mother i watched it with you once or twice and i think it's a good show yeah. but i was so thrown off by the laugh track well, i don't understand i don't for, like feeling pressured to laugh for some reason the laugh track and how i met your mother doesn't bother me i don't think it's that imposing but i recently watched the big bang theory and i, I like i didn't like it at first i hated it because that laugh track is so loud and so imposing mm. but after a while it's you, like the married with children effect where yeah. everything is like a woo yeah yeah and um, Two and a Half Men, which I hate, Ugh. still has a laugh track. Like, I, I, had, I had a co-worker one day. I was, somehow I was talking about TV, and he's like, you know what show is the greatest show on TV? Ugh. That Two and a Half Men. Everyone that show kills me. It's the greatest show. My Ugh. boss and his wife both love it. I know, I know. I mean, I've sat there and watched it, and I just don't laugh. I don't get it. But that's regardless. Point. But, no, but it is a good point about, la- about the style of and acting, style and, and that is... And Glee is, is, a, is its own unique little thing. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. other shows have been their own unique things. And, but it is. It's, Glee is, is still timed a certain way. Like, and you can really see it with someone like Jane Lynch, who is a, an expert comedian mm-hmm. and knows exactly how to deliver her lines. And Glee is, is really interesting at that. They do it really well with Britney. Right. Uh, was it last week, the line, or two weeks ago, the line where um, the dolphins are gay sharks yeah. line. When she says it, and it doesn't just cut. It, like, gives her a minute and be like, yeah. You know? And it just it makes it that much funnier. Like, it's a very sharply done show. The comedy, I think, is really well done. I yes. think the emotional stuff is where they, they dip into the not great waters of melodrama sometimes. But I think comedy-wise, but pretty I think, on point. I think this episode carried the emotional stuff very well. It did. Absolutely. I, I feel like, you know, when you had... I don't even know what to compare this to, like, that I'm thinking of the different styles of acting, but I don't know. I keep thinking of the Cosby show for some reason where everything was felt so overacted and forced. Mm -hmm. And, and like Lisa was saying in her email before, I, like, I never felt a second of, of acting, you know, it all felt felt very, very natural. The only time I feel it again, and I love the woman, but Kristen Chenoweth has, she's fantastic. She has a really, specific interesting and very theatrically time delivery like the way she delivers lines and even the way she moves like it feels theatrical and i i'm not i don't completely not think of christian chenoweth when i watch it it works for the show and i think Mm -hmm. it really does but it works for the character yeah it works for the character but i think like when i'm and again maybe it's just because i i think about it uh as much as i'm totally invested in, in what i see in glee like there's some things like I will always think of Adina Menzel as Adina Menzel and Christian Chenoweth right. Christian Chenoweth. And so I think of that with like all of her little Christian Chenowethisms. But, you know, I, I guess that could just be me. It might be a little more natural for others. Well, yeah, and I and I think having having the familiarity with her coming from her Broadway roots is very different for mm-hmm. you. Like I didn't 
my I mean my first real exposure to her was actually pushing daisies. Oh right, right, which like, I never watched. I didn't see her in Wicked, and I haven't seen her in any other place. So I, you know, I came to her from a very different place. Although mm-hmm. I always knew who she was, so I think that's probably why it works a little bit more right yeah it could very much be a personal thing there listeners tell us what you think about yes yeah um do you Uh, have any low notes um yes first let me just talk about a few lines that i liked that i didn't get in there um i like that sue tells kurt he has hips like a pear hips like a pear Aww. (laughs) you don't say that to like skinny boys no because it's one thing like you tell a girl she's a little too fat like girls always know that they're too fat or they always think they are but when you tell like a guy like most guys don't care but if a I found skinny men are really sensitive about that. They're like, oh, my God, I need to get skinnier. And then they like really don't eat, which is just weird. I don't get why men care about their weight. Uh, okay. One line. Well, we said, how do you two not have a show on Bravo? Of course. Everybody's favorite line because it was and hysterical. We also said, I'm pretty sure my cat's re- been reading my diary. Of course. Of course. I really liked that when Sue weighed Becky, she tells her, she gives her a hug. It's a really sweet scene because she's so proud of Becky for losing two pounds. And she says, you are assimilating beautifully. Yeah. And I it's also love that. It's also like a super weird moment too, because you're kind of like, oh, she's treating her like everyone Yay! else, but then you're oh, kind of like, because then you're like, need to lose pretty weight. soon you're going to be thrown up in your purse. Yeah, like, hey, no, it's wait. One of those really weird. It's a, it's, it's a great glee moment. Yeah, it's like you're laughing it's and you're happy, but you're like, wait, no, that's so wrong. But super dark yeah. at the same time. Um, and now, and the other thing I liked was just one of those like. I like that Artie's fast becoming the character who says the wrong thing. Because <laughs> this week he tells Mercedes, we like you no matter how you look. Yeah. Which is not quite the compliment you want to give your friend. Nope. And he's just, what? What did I say? And so I, I like the idea that Artie's going to keep putting his foot in his, mouth, his mouth, which is ironic because ah! he probably can't physically Aww. do that. I'm terrible. We're really terrible. <laughs> um, Ooh, I other? like... I'm full-time fancy now, Will. Oh, full-time fancy now. I'm going to use that line. Yeah. I think that's all. There are a lot of great... I like April's speech a lot. I think they've written her very well. Mm-hmm. I think she has... You know, I don't know if any of it's Kristen Chenoweth or if it's purely the writing, but I think they gave her... The way I would say the same thing for Emma, I think they do that. I think Emma has... If you were to read a script without the characters' names, you would know what an Emma line was. Mm-hmm. I think you would know what a Christian Chenoweth line is. I agree. Mm-hmm. Low notes. Uh, for me, just the the lack of Rachel. I guess, like I like I said before, it was I was kind of like, where is she? And then I'd be like, oh, there she is. Maybe she's going to do something, and then she didn't. And okay. I think I I'm also I just want more of of the Jesse drama. Um, I think I'm kind of craving it. See, you know what I realized I liked about that was, you know how every show, whether it's a soap opera or drama or anything, whenever there's that, those two characters that like, you know, have been for so long, you want them to get together and they finally get together. And within like two weeks, usually, because for like a week, you're really happy and they look happy and they're in love. You're like, Hey, they're the greatest couple ever. And the next week, something terrible happens to them. Yeah, of course. Is I kind of maybe that's what they were doing. Like, give them a week where like they're just there and they're the couple, and you're almost bored with them now because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, they're happy, great. I don't want to see that anymore. I can see that. And then they'll come crashing down. Um, uh, my low notes. I really don't know why there was not more roller skate. Yeah. However, I don't know. I didn't get to see it, but did you see Xanadu on Broadway? By I did. I wish I. Would I have. wish I had too. The great thing about Xanadu on Broadway was that everybody was on roller skates. Awesome. Now the problem with that. If you think of it from like an insurance point of view, when you put your entire cast on roller skates, there are going to be accidents. And sure enough, the lead actor 
I don't know who the, the his name was, but he was on like the night before they opened. He broke his ankle on roller skates. Of course he did. Uh, and, th- and that's when Cheyenne Jackson, who's on Thirty Rock now, went in to replace him. But uh, it, you know, I guess maybe that was why they didn't do like Perhaps. a roller skating number. Maybe we'll do a figure skating number next year. That would be amazing. <laughs> like the like the wheelchair number. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they will, and All I'll right. be happy. We'll That'd see. be great. That'd be great. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm going to start a letter writing campaign. Uh, I also didn't like the fact that every other line, the word home was yeah. used. It was a little much. I'm all about Glee having like an episode with a theme each week. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. I think that's great. I think when it works, it really works. In this episode, it could have worked. Like We got it by the songs. We right. didn't need Kurt actually saying... The issue of home is one that we're all considering. Now we're just finding a home. Blah, 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 blah. Burr, 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 burr. All that stuff. I agree. Okay. Um, that was all yeah. mine. Uh, random notes was, yeah, where is Quinn living? Yeah. What, what, we don't, we know. don't know. I hope to find out soon. Uh, and the other thing is I just a little touch of the show that I liked is that they keep setting anytime they go out somewhere to dinner, they go out to this place called Breadsticks. Which kind of seems like like a Chili's or like a Olive Garden, and I just like that it's becoming the place to go. It's like the Peach Pit, I don't know, to a <laughs> no, or like Chili's on the Office. Well, I also feel like it's um it's a small town, so I feel like there's yeah. probably not that many places to go. Right, I'd agree. Because you know they always talk about being a Lima loser. They you know it's there's nothing out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like that consistency. I guess. Um, and I don't know if I have anything more to say, do yeah, you? No, no, I think that that's, um, that's... All right, well, let's first, uh, remember, question of the week. Please let us know via email, gleecast with a K at gmail.com. Who would you like to see cast as Sue's parents? Yep. Could be two men, two women, man and woman, woman and man, cat and dog. Up to you. Elephant and cartoon character. Sam Adams and George Washington. Whatever you think. Whatever you think. I'm just staring at a Sam Adams beer right now. That's all. We're not drinking, though. Uh, this time we're not. No, because it's, it's, it's Thursday night. We had yeah. to record early this week. Next week, we should give you more feedback time. Hopefully. So you better get that we in. We think. We did well, though, for sure. We sure. did. We had, like, five Right. Emails, so. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we love our listeners. We love everybody that downloads us and tells people to download us and writes us iTunes reviews, which is really sweet. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. And uh, writes us emails and exists in the world and and uh, is nice to people. I like those people because <laughs> they're making the world a better place to be. This is all we can ask for in this day and age. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Happy Cinco de Mayo in case we don't talk to you before then. I don't know how far <laughs> away it is. It's next week. So we there's, talk to them there's a potential them. chance we won't get to say right, it. So, happy so Cinco de Mayo. Feliz el Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Indeed. That's how Sue we see it. it. We're not Sue, but that's how Sue sees it anyway. But that's how we end every I show. Know. Fine. One, two, three. That's, that's how, how Sue, Sue sees it. it. <laughs>